Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 735 for release on Sunday, March 26, 2023. Today on WaveScan, the radio scene on the Island of Green Monkeys, and much more. Government officials on the island of St. Martin in the Caribbean are seeking ways to battle an invasion of green monkeys, which are responsible for damaging one of the island's major tourist attractions, a large nature reserve. Here's Ray Robinson now with more. Thanks, Jeff. The St. Martin Nature Reserve, with its seven-mile coastline and offshore seagrass bed and coral reefs, covers an area of 12 square miles, which is one-third of the total area of the island. The five main ecosystems in the nature reserve protect many natural life forms, including colourful fish varieties, wild orchids that have been featured on their postage stamps, and a unique fast-flying small white butterfly. Green monkeys on the island of St Martin originally came from Africa, and they were brought to the Caribbean on pirate ships as family pets. They've been reproducing at an alarming rate, which threatens the many indigenous species of both flora and fauna in the nature reserve. Three years ago, in 2020, it was estimated that the green monkey population on the island stood at a massive total of 40,000. The green monkey is a medium-sized old-world primate whose golden fur is tinged with green, and they're described as being excellent swimmers. Another facet of tourist interest on St Martin is the airport runway, one end of which is very close to Maho Beach at Simpson Bay Lagoon. The jet blast from the huge passenger planes is so strong that people standing on the beach can be knocked over, and some have lost their glasses, their handbags and even their clothing. The island of St Martin is divided between France and the Netherlands, and it's a popular international tourist destination with two million visitors each year, who provide an annual income to the island of about 800 million US dollars. Tourist attractions on the island include its white sandy beaches, crystal clear coastal waters, and two different cultures living side by side. The first radio communication station on the island of St Martin was installed at Philipsburg in the Dutch side towards the end of the year 1945 under the call sign PJD. Initially, the new communication station contained three transmitters and four receivers. The main transmitter was a one kilowatt voice mode only RCA unit that was in use for communication within the island of St Martin and also with other Caribbean islands. Another smaller RCA transmitter was used for communication in both voice and Morse code. A third transmitter made by Philips in Holland was used for aircraft communication on either 430 or 500 kilohertz under a separate call sign PVM. Soon after the St. Martin station was opened, it was noted in the United States with a voice call to another Dutch island in the Caribbean on 11900 kilohertz. The popular monthly American radio magazine, Radio News, reported that the two-way radio transmission between St. Martin and Curaçao was in English. 
The first radio broadcasting station on St. Martin was opened in 1959 under the call sign PJD2. It was a Christian religious station with 250 watts on 1300 kilohertz and it identified on air as the voice of St. Martin. Over the next half century, ownership and on-air slogans changed, as did the equipment and the operating frequency. These days, the station is once again the voice of St. Martin, with one kilowatt back on the original 1300 kHz channel, and it's one of just 16 radio stations in the Caribbean that's still on the air on medium wave. This is the voice of St. Martin, BJD2, 1300 AM, broadcasting from Plaza 21, Phillipsburg. St. Martin. BJD2. It's now exactly 9 o'clock. The world news is next on The Voice of St. Martin. BBC News with Ian Purden. In a speech broadcast live on television, the Iraqi Prime Minister Nouri al The Voice of St. Martin is also carried on FM, licensed under the call sign PJD3, which is one of about a dozen FM stations on the island. The first radio broadcasting stations on the French side of the island all began in the FM mode in the mid-1980s. Initially, programming was relayed from another French island, Guadeloupe, but there are now a dozen FM stations in the French sector of St. Martin. 37 square miles, credible news and analysis from both sides of the island. Radio St. Martin, Mondays to Fridays from 7pm. Now, don't miss it. At the same time as the Phillipsburg station on St. Martin was under construction, two smaller regional communication stations were also under construction at two other nearby Dutch islands, Saba and Eustatius. The island of Saba, with an area of only five square miles, is just 30 miles distant from the main Dutch island of St. Martin, 15 minutes by plane or 90 minutes by ferry. Saba has a population of 1,000, which is 300 motor cars and 10 miles of roadway. It's described as an unspoiled nature location, though it's well set up to fulfil the needs of incoming tourists. The local university has established a school of medicine on Saba Island. The main radio station on Saba Island is the official Voice of Saba, PFJ1, which for most of its life used 5 kilowatts on 1410 kHz, with a 1 kilowatt parallel relay on 93.9 MHz FM. The official opening of the station was on Tuesday, September 28, 1971, when it had only 1 kilowatt on 1443 kHz. Nowadays, only the FM transmitters on the air, still at 93.9 MHz. Eustatius Island is another small Dutch island about twice the size of Saba, and it's located some 40 miles from St. Martin. There was a time during its turbulent history that Eustatius was the main Dutch island in the Caribbean. The island has a significantly larger population of 3,000 people, surprisingly with English as the main language of education. Tourism is again one of their main sources of employment and income. The main tourist attractions are the unspoilt Caribbean island scenery, three nature reserves and several beaches with unusual very fine black volcanic sand. 
The first radio station on Eustatius Island was Radio Stacia, which began under the call sign PJB50 with 1 kilowatt on 1120kHz, though these days they operate on FM only at 92.3MHz. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Ray Robinson, at KVOH in Los Angeles. Our regular listeners to WaveScan know that we attended the HFCC A23 Shortwave Frequency Coordination Conference in Tunisia last month, and we've had several reports here on the program from that conference. One of the very interesting people we met at HFCC A23 was Peter Zantidis of France Media Monde in Paris. Okay, now France Media Monde is a uh, uh, French... Consortium, right? Uh, yes, it's it's uh, it's uh, semi-governmental, so you could put it in the same field as like the BBC or like um, Voice of America or like Deutsche Welle. Um, so we're a state broadcaster, which is broken basically into two sections. You have France Media Monde National, which is made up of seven radio channels and six TV channels. And then you have France Media Monde International, which is the section that I am in, which is RFE. And we have 169 FM stations around the world that we transmit our programs into. And we have 17 TV. And we have just opened recently, uh, two years ago, we have a new channel in Bogota, in Colombia. Uh, So that's a new project that we've been doing. Uh, of course, shortwave listeners are, are going to be most familiar with uh, Radio France International. Do you do f- uh, shortwave broadcasts to uh, the Americas anymore? We do. We still do. We still do. Our, uh, our partner is TDF. So for the shortwave, they do the transmissions for us. Um, and then we have our own medium wave transmitter sites and the FM sites are our own as well. So the shortwave, we leave them to someone else who have the experience and they have a huge farm in the south of France with 12 Alice antennas. Um, So we have the ability to get into the world at a very short notice. Um, And this was proven its value with the recent earthquake in Haiti we managed to be the first national broadcaster to start transmitting. In other words, from the time of the earthquake, within two and a half hours, we were on air in Haiti. Uh-huh. So it does pay to have a partner with a huge farm, antenna farm. Yeah, right. The Isodome plant is, uh, is extremely, extremely big. And, and, and I suppose that uh, right now during the, the earthquake, there's a lot of transmission going on. There is indeed. Um, I know, as I say, because I've been out of the office for the last week, so this has happened, but I would imagine that uh, they are already transmitting in shortwave into Turkey um, and into Syria. Syria, will, will most probably it's been done with our medium wave site um, that we have. Uh, from Cyprus? That's right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and um, the shortwave will, will be from France. Going in there, um, I would imagine so, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've covered, I've been in the industry for 38 years, so I've seen the progression. And I still feel that shortwave and medium wave have a key role to play. Um, I think one of the, 
I know this may sound strange, but probably one of the positive things that have come out of the war in the Ukraine has been that a lot of broadcasters have realized that, yes, IP is a good thing, but IP is not the sort of thing that you would depend on in either a war zone, natural disaster. So this is sort of like rejuvenated because unfortunately we were going down a sort of a slippery, slidey road where the newer generation of engineers seem to be IP mad, not realizing that there is a reason why shortwave and medium wave have been around for 60 and 70 years, you know, and every technology has its niche, but um, shortwave is the one that you can rely on when nothing else seems to work. And I think that DRM is also a way of bringing shortwave and medium wave up to the 21st century um, because a lot of times one of the complaints I hear from people is that, oh yeah, but you know, shortwave and medium wave, the audio quality is not so good. Well, that's no longer valid because with DRM, the audio quality is superb. Um, and it also gives you a lot more abilities. It's simply not a talking box anymore, mm -hmm. the radio. You can send pictures, you can send text. So it has huge advantages. Now, is RFI doing any DRM broadcasting now? Yes, we are. With Again, with TDF, we're doing um, test transmissions into Africa. Um, and... What we plan to do is we plan to try to expand that. I mean, we have always faced from an issue from the upper management where they say, yes, but we do transmissions and there are no receivers. And I like to use the analogy, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? So at some stage, um, the only way to, to actually push things along is to actually start the transmissions let people know and people will follow and i think a very good example of that is what happened in the uk with the dab where when the dab was going to start the broadcasters were saying to the radio and car manufacturers produce the tuners and we'll start broadcasting and the the manufacturers of the radios and the tuners were saying you start broadcasting and we'll produce and what happened in the end with the foresight of the British Broadcasting um, Committee, they basically made the, the stations start transmission and that's how DAB took off. So, you know, one seems to wait for the other, but at some stage someone has to sort of like stick their neck out and say, okay, I'm going to do it. Okay. And I, I think that there are, there are some partners that uh, are in the board here that have gone down that road, like TWR is a good example where they've decided, you know, let's start and see who follows us. And for me, that's very, that's eye-opening and uh, it's something that I'll go back now and I will say to the board, listen, there are people that are already doing it, so there's no excuse now. Now, in addition to radio, um, you're also doing uh, uh, France 24 TV, right? Correct, yes. We have France 24 TV. So, uh, and also, as I said, we have now also a station in Colombia, which it's in Spanish. Uh, we may... A TV or radio? 
TV, 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 yes, TV. It's 24 hours a day. Um, it was originally uh, 12 hours Spanish and 12 hours French, but uh, because there was such a huge uptake, um, they've turned it now completely to Spanish language. Again, based on our programming, um, we're a large organization and we have. At the moment, we're uh, translating our program into 105 languages, so we have the ability to produce the content in the language we need to. Um, so it's not an issue. It doesn't necessarily have to be in French. I mean, there are lots of places in the world where they don't speak French, and we do transmit um, far afield, as we have in Vietnam, also in Vietnamese. And also in in French. So there, where there's a bilingual, we'll do both. There, where there isn't, we'll do in the national language. We also have the French 24 in English only, for again for the same reasoning, um, uh, because the the French would like to get their their program to as many people as possible, um, and um, from a reporting standpoint, their It's it's the reporting is non-biased, so uh, it's uh, they basically transmit what everybody sees, as news should be. So we have multiple languages that we carry. I know we get uh, France 24 in, on on the Roku platform, for example, in yes. the U.S. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. in in English and Spanish, and I think French. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. it's on the three. We have it on the on the three. Um, we have our own satellites that we feed to, so we have a global network of um, six different satellites that people can get direct to home, or they can get through cable, where we have partners. Some places we do, some places we don't, and a lot of people tune directly in. Yeah. And the station in in Bogota is that terrestrial or is that? It's terrestrial. Yeah, oh, it's terrestrial, yeah. terrestrial, wow. and on and on cable as well. Um, as I say, it, it it's a new venture, and um, it's been amazing the uptake. You know, I I don't think originally anybody thought the uptake would be so quickly and so fast. So people seem to appreciate it. You know, and that's and that pays off lots of long hours and hard work. And it's appreciated also to, to the to the staff we have there, which are all locals, because that's one of the things that Franz Mediamon always tries to do. It always tries to have locals do the programming and f do the content, because at the end of the day, they have a better feel than than any foreigner coming in. Um, even when it comes to our transmission sites, I mean, my goal is always have try to have local engineers. You know, because uh, they know more than we do what goes on, um, and it all—it also you build up a good rapport with the locals. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not only a foreign broadcaster going in, going blah blah blah. You're actually giving back, both monetary, because there are people that that you support, and they have families, and that's how you build up a a, a long-term. Um, relationship, and that's our goal because we have in Africa we've been transmitting for over 50 years in some places. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's uh, it's very important, and you know the politics side of things they ch can change dramatically. You know, so the more you are with a local footing, the easier it is also to deal sometimes with the political side of things, which I try to avoid. I, I you know, engineering. And the technical side are always so much easier to deal with than politics. <laughs>
from my experience. <laughs> Peter Sandinis, I know you have to uh, rush to, to catch a plane here, so thanks very much for It's talking with pleasure. us. It's been a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you very much. That was Peter Santidis of France Media Monde, who we spoke to at the HFCC A23 Global Frequency Coordination Conference in Tunisia in early February. We received a message from Sheldon Harvey of the Canadian International DX Club, or CIDX, which helped sponsor the recent Shortwave Listeners Winterfest that took place on March 4th. We gave you a preview of that online meeting on WaveScan a few weeks back. Anyway, Sheldon has sent us a sample copy of the March 2023 CIDX e-bulletin, Messenger, which comes in PDF format. Just a little info about the Canadian International DX Club, says Sheldon. We are a general coverage radio club covering all aspects of the radio hobby, not only shortwave. We've been in existence since 1962. The most important thing to remember is that our club is not just for Canadians. We have members from across Canada and the United States, plus a number of members from other countries as well. We do not publish a hard copy of our monthly bulletin. We were one of the first clubs to go exclusively to an electronic bulletin, way back in February of 2005. Each month's bulletin is usually emailed out to members during the first week of each month. Our membership dues are very affordable. A one-year membership is just $10, Canadian or U.S., or a special price for a three-year membership for $25, Canadian or U.S. Membership dues can be paid by PayPal to the CIDX PayPal account at CIDXclub at yahoo.com. CIDX membership can also be paid by check, payable to the Canadian International DX Club, and mailed to their address in Quebec. Full details can be found on the CIDX webpage, which is www.cidxclub.ca. That's www.cidxclub.ca. Sheldon says we also have a Facebook group and an IO group, and we host monthly Zoom meetings for our members. Details are found in each month's bulletin. We'd love to have you on board with us as a member. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us at info at cidxclub.ca. Thanks to Sheldon Harvey, president of the Canadian International DX Club, for forwarding this information and a copy of their March Bulletin Messenger. And it is a very uh, complete <laughs> bulletin, 76 pages. Uh, not print, of course, online, but 76 pages. And let me just tell you some of what is in the March edition. Uh, there's a headquarters report, a board of directors report. There's a broadcast band section by Nigel Pemblett, uh, a QSL verification column by Mickey Dalmage, The World of Utilities by Gilles Letourneau, Shortwave Logbook by David Ross, The Free Radio Scene by Chris Lobdell, uh, Glenn Hauser's World of Radio is included, uh, Shortwave Station Resources, uh, a DX Program Guide from Glenn Hauser, uh, Uncle Skip's Bookshelf by, by Skip Airy, uh, column by John Figliasi, Technical Topics, Ham Radio News, News and Notes, What's News, and Propagation Report. All of this in 76 pages. Um, 
and it uh, on the cover of this uh, March edition are various stamps uh, related to radio. Very interesting in color. It says, many of you may have been stamp collectors, or maybe you still are. A nice way to, be the, uh, to tie the radio hobby and stamp collecting together is to focus on a theme. This month's theme is radios on stamps. Check out examples on our cover, including the Canadian stamp above, honoring Reginald Fessenden, one of the uh, inventors of radio. So, uh, again, uh, the address, if you want to get more information, is www.cidxclub.ca. That's their website. Uh, By the way, they also have a program called CIDX on the Air. Um, Actually, it's called the, the International Radio Report. By Sheldon Harvey and Gilles Letourneau, they co-host the International Radio Report on CKUT-FM on 90.3 megahertz in Montreal, Canada, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, that's 14.30 UTC. Also live streaming and archived on CKUT's webpage, 30 minutes of news and views about radio. The program's been on the air since November of 1987. That's every Sunday, 1430 UTC on CKUT uh, 90.3 FM in Montreal, Quebec. Welcome, everyone, to the International Radio Report for Sunday, March the 12th, 2023. My name is Sheldon, and Jill is with me, as usual. We thank you for tuning in. We have 30 minutes of news and information from the world of radio for you. And we end WaveScan today with music from St. Martin. This one's called St. Martin is My Home. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, wow, seven girls with the same birthday. And our Japan DX report. WaveScan is heard weekly on KSDA in Guam, AWR relays in various locations, WRMI in Florida, WWCR in Tennessee, KVOH in California, The Voice of Hope Africa in Zambia, and IRRS Italy. Send reception reports directly to the station you're listening to. Reports for KSDA and AWR sites should go to qsl at awr.org. Other correspondence, not reception reports, can be sent to wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone. That comes out in the morning All I see before me is one island One people 
on destiny. And when I look around me, it's one island, one people, one destiny. So come together, work together. Sunshine.